It is Thursday, November 14th. We just got back to the hotel. Went to a goddamn Elton John concert this evening. Said concert was sold out for two years, but with two taps on the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and the moon, SeatGeek, we were able to get into the sold-out song, bitch. I'll tell you what. He can tickle the damn ivory, can he, old Elton John? Rocket Man put on a hell of a show. And I wouldn't have been able to experience that if it wasn't for my friends at SeatGeek. Right now, you use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, you get $20 off your first order. Wow. That's crazy, man. They have tickets to every event that is happening. They scan all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the tickets that you're buying. The best tickets available at the best prices available are available for you, the best human on earth. Download the SeatGeek app and go live a little. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek. Promo code PAT, $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. I lost my voice a little bit. I was singing with the Rocket Man. Hopefully I can find it before tomorrow. Great conversation. Coming your way. The College Football Playoff Committee released their second top four, top 15, you name it. It feels like if you're not in the SEC, you're not going to live in that top 10 anyways. It feels like the College Football Playoff Committee, a bunch of old whites in a room, very subjective, a lot of opinions, a lot of loyalties, allegiances mm-hmm, to different things. Mm-hmm making decisions in there. And yes, we're nowhere near the college football playoff. There's still a lot of football to be played. A lot of teams have to battle against each other. So this is all just fodder for conversation for people like us who stand in box trucks and talk into microphones. But I have questions on how one week to the next something can just completely switch in the brains of these old whites making this decision. Last week, top six was Ohio State at one. LSU at two, Alabama at three, Penn State four, then Clemson and Georgia. Two Big Ten teams in the top four, one of them being the number one team in the country, Ohio State. So then we go to this week. Fast forward one week. Number one, LSU. Okay, so Ohio State wins by 95 points against a team, (laughs) and they drop. Which makes sense, by the way, because that LSU team goes into Tuscaloosa, goes into Alabama, and puts on a show and gets a win in a place that nobody thinks about. But Joe Burrow put on a show. Joe Burrow takes the lead in the Heisman conversation. Ohio State loses Chase Young. Doesn't seem like it matters, by the way. But they win by 90 and drop a spot. LSU gets a win. Close game against Alabama. Moves up a spot. All right. Doesn't really matter if you're one or two. It's probably the biggest win you can get in the regular conference play. Agreed, but th- then you're saying Ohio State had no chance of remaining at one then after last week. Nope. Right? There was Correct. no there yeah. was no chance of Ohio State remaining they, at one. They won as impressively as they could have. And if Alabama wins, Alabama's one then, Ohio State drops to two. Right. Mm-hmm. So Ohio State had zero chance of remaining at number one for two weeks in a row. That's just that's just going into that committee's meeting, they're like, listen, here's the deal. Ohio State's got no shot at being one. Next week. All right. So maybe there's no foresight. They're just judging completely on what's happening now. So Ohio State's two. Number three is Clemson. 
Okay, everybody knew that Clemson was going to move into the top four. They were put at five last week. Everybody's like, "How stupid is that?" They had us giving conversation about how good Clemson is because all the conversation has been is that Clemson hasn't shown up. Clemson hasn't been able to do this. They put them at five. They actually do a little PR tour for Clemson where everybody's like, "What are you talking about? Put them into the top four. <laughs> as opposed to everybody like, "Well, they haven't played as good." Now it's like, "What are you talking? About? How are they number five? They're the champions." Trevor Lawrence still going to be an NFL number one quarterback. Keep them in there. They're undefeated. What do you expect from these people? Clemson moves to three. Then number four is Georgia. Okay, Georgia lost to South Carolina, had a close one against Kentucky. Now they're number four strictly because they're in the SEC. That is 100% the reason why they're at number four right there. Last week, they were at number six. This week, they're number four, so they're in the college football playoff. Looking right outside, looking in, Alabama at number five. So I listened to Get Up, Ryan Clark, Maria Taylor, a lot of people were talking about it. Where Alabama just has to sit back and watch now. They, they don't control their own destiny. Yeah, they do. The College Football Playoff Committee literally put them in a position where all any of them have to do is just slip up just a little bit. And maybe they don't even, like if Ohio State doesn't win by 90, they're going to get bumped out of there and Alabama's going to get moved in there. Let's not act as if this isn't a subjective operation. Now, granted, Saban and them have won a national championship when they weren't in the top four and they didn't win their conference championship and they go in there and do what they have to do. But every game counts, they say. Okay, you just lost LSU. Is that Ohio State's problem? Or how about Minnesota? Minnesota isn't even in the top six. That's the most egregious thing I've Utah ever seen. is at seven. Utah is at seven. Utah is at seven. They lost to USC. USC fired their athletic director. <laughs> USC is a dumpster fire right now. USC used to be awesome. I agree. USC probably has a lot of money. I agree. But Utah lost to them. Utah! Minnesota's at eight. How do the Gophers, who beat a top-four team in the college football playoff committee's eyes just last week, just last week, they're like, oh, Penn State, they're our number-four team. They're the best top-four team in the country. Then Minnesota goes, okay, is that right? Is that right? Well, they're going to walk into our house right here in negative 17-degree weather, and we are going to absolutely put them right in the mouth. That's what Minnesota does. They're like, well, this is the biggest jump that any team that wasn't in the top 10 of the college football playoff committee makes and since they jumped up to number eight. It's like, well, that's just a bunch of, it's a bunch of malarkey. It is. Don't tell me that you respect your own opinions because you obviously don't. Last week you had Penn State at number four. Minnesota beats them flat up, just beats them. Now they're at number eight with no chance of getting in. If they beat Ohio State, what do you think happens? They move Ohio State and Minnesota out. You move Alabama up. You have Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and LSU. Yeah, three three SEC teams for sure. So then the Big Ten doesn't matter. The Big 12 doesn't matter because Baylor's undefeated. They're not even in the top 10, I don't think. No, they're like 13th. So nothing matters except for the SEC? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> what is the purpose of these guys playing? They're like, well, you put them on a neutral field. How do you think Alabama and Minnesota fare? I'm like, you know what? I think that necktie mentality of Minnesota, I think if it's above what? If it's below 40 degrees, I think Minnesota might win by 60, to be honest. Well, and unfortunately, we'll never find out because these horses' asses, you know, they won't put them together so that they can play on a neutral site. It's just, it's all such a joke. And then it goes Penn State's 9, Oklahoma's 10, Florida's 11, Auburn 12, Baylor 13, Miss, uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. It's like, come on, dude. What are we even doing? Why don't we even just say what it is? Just say what it is. 
Those who have the most money, those who can travel the best in the in the old white's eyes in the committee's ring, that's the only thing that matters. You know, it'd be a lot easier to stomach then if they just said it like it just is. Just said it. Just say it. Just said it. We're not ranking teams here. No, no, no. What we're ranking is the financial benefit of what team could potentially be in the top four that we can sneak in there and people would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Minnesota has done nothing wrong. All they do is win, 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 no matter what. They have a top four um, strength of record. Strength of record. So does Baylor, by the way. It's LSU. I forget who. Then it's Baylor and Minnesota, top four strength of record. So they're saying, well, they don't play anybody. It's like, yeah, they do. They actually have the top four strength of record. Well, teams, uh, they're going to lose to some. Yeah, teams already lost, and you already got them in there. South Carolina, terrible at football. Georgia lost to South Carolina. Georgia almost loses to Kentucky. Kentucky lost to the University of Evansville basketball last night. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on, guys. I'm sick of it. I just think it, 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 this is just one more piece of the puzzle where it's like, come on, what do we do? They have to go to the five conference champions and the three at-large bids just so that this conversation doesn't happen. What's the purpose of being in the Big 12? What's the purpose of being in the Big 10? What's the purpose of being in the Pac-12? What's the purpose of even being in the ACC as soon as Clemson's done on the run here? What is the purpose if it's just an SEC championship? Just have it be an SEC championship. I will fight until my dying day to make sure that there's a little bit more respect for the teams across the country and not just in the Southeastern Conference. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do because for whatever reason, Iowa is still in that uh, the ranking of like the top 25 for this. Minnesota goes on the road and beats them, another ranked team. And then, like, you know, what's, what's the excuse? It's like you have two of the most impressive back-to-back wins of anyone out there, and if they're not in the top four, then it's pretty clear if you're not going undefeated winning the Big Ten they got to play Wisconsin, too, at the end of the Yeah, game. exactly. Well, and they're going to have to play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it, it, they got a murderer's row coming up that they've already had, though. Yeah. They've had the top four in strength of record, and they're not in there. Baylor has the top four strength of record. And they're not in there. Granted, they got Oklahoma this weekend, so we're going to learn very quickly. Kansas State beats Oklahoma uh, in a wild game, obviously, in Manhattan, Kansas. Baylor's looking to do the same thing. Donner and Waco, Sikkim Bears. But if Baylor gets the win here, does that mean anything, or does it not matter? Do none of these games matter? Does Minnesota-Penn State not even matter last week? Like, what's the purpose? The College Football Playoff Committee is contradicting itself one week after it already said something. Penn State's number four team in the country. Oh, they just lost to Minnesota, who's already undefeated. Uh, they have a top four strength of record. Yeah, but were we right, though? Uh, let's just get them out of there. Let's just get them both out of there. Come on. I mean, I'm sick of it. One, with Baylor, if they're in this position, is there even anything they can do? I mean, the Oklahoma game will be the most impressive win they have left. Like, that's maybe in the the committee's eyes, that's more impressive than a Big 12 championship. Like, if they're that far down, I don't know if they have enough time to really do anything to make it into the playoff. So they're below Florida, Auburn, Penn State, Oklahoma, Utah. The Utah thing. I, I, I mean, I, it's good for the Pac-12, I guess. The Utah's in there. Yeah. But what? I mean, I guess I haven't seen them play. I guess I should stop judging them before. <laughs> stop judging them before. But every stat I looked at on their strength of record and things like that, they're nowhere to be found. But they're ranked above Minnesota. And by the way, when you watch that Minnesota game, a lot of people might have heard us chit-chatting about the Necton mentality and the Farmers Alliance and the elite P.J. Fleck and row the boat, blah, blah, blah. I might have liked them on there. When you watch it, they have dudes. They're good. They have dudes. Like, they are a good football team. They have wide receivers that are like 6'3", 240, it seems like, that are Mm -hmm. running faster than people. Tanner Morgan, quarterback, can make the plays, and the defense is stout. 
three picks or something against the Penn State kid. I mean, that Minnesota team has dudes. Like, it's not just like a, a feel-good story coming out of a freezing cold state. Like, they are a team that has dudes. And Baylor, they haven't lost this season. They started this run back in the Texas shootout against Cliff Kingsbury and Texas Tech last year down in Jerry World. Haven't lost since. It's an insane world right now, this college football thing. Too, too, too subjective of an operation with too much money on the line. Mm -hmm. And you've got dreams and hopes and aspirations of these student human athletes that are just getting taken away from them by a committee in a room that is only worried about dollar signs? Criminal. Criminal! <laughs> There's other things happening in the world, and it's time for a segment that is sweeping the globe. Notable news with Nick. Nick, what do we got? Uh, last night, CM Punk made his return to WWE television, appearing on WWE Backstage. For those that don't know about this or don't know about the wrestling world, CM Punk returning to WWE television is massive. This is huge. There's been some tumultuous stuff that has happened over the last five years between CM Punk and the WWE. CM Punk, you might know him from the guy that got his ass kicked in an MMA fight. He was not that in the WWE. He was a champion. He was a stud. He was well-beloved. He and some issues with executives got in the way of something that could have been very beautiful. He walked out. He left. Cold turkey just walked out. Chance of his name rang through arenas for the next three to four years, CM Punk. Anytime something boring happened in WWE, CM Punk chance would start. He knew it. He heard it. WWE heard it as well. They continue to forge along. Then last night on WWE Backstage, hosted by Renee Young, Booker T, Paige, Samoa Joe, Mick Foley, and... Oh, that other guy? There was one other guy there. Oh, yeah, Adam Cole. Baby. Adam Cole, baby! Easy, you know what side do you want? So, <laughs> he showed up at the very end of it. Renee Young, I think, surprised everybody on stage. He walks out and says, just when they think they have it figured all out, I come and change the culture. It's very interesting. I don't know if he's working for Fox or for WWE. This is going to be something that will ignite a, quite a conversation piece. And if you're not a WWE person, if you get into a conversation with somebody about a WWE, say, hey, CM Punk's back, huh? And that'll just, boom, that'll blow a conversation right out the door. You'll look like a smart person. Good for the WWE and Fox for making this happen. Good for CM Punk getting back out there. I think he was very talented. That is a very interesting point you make. Is he back with the WWE or is he just doing television with Fox. By the way, if Fox is just hiring people in this new deal with the WWE, excited to see. Damn it! <laughs> Vince <laughs> that, McMahon. Is that going to piss the WWE fans off more if he's back just to do TV? I don't know. I think I, I assume with the WWE, everything will figure itself out. Good for CM Punk being back. Good for the fans. I mean, I'm not an executive. I don't give a damn. I'm excited to see what he does out there. Memphis. Trouble in Memphis. They're pushing back against the NCAA with a restraining order uh, against violations that possible coach Penny Hardaway maybe violated some rules as a booster before he was the head coach. Yeah, this is what that Wiseman cat, who's like mm -hmm. the number one recruiter, yeah. whatever. Yep. A big reason why the Memphis basketball team had the number one recruiting class in the country is because of this Wiseman character, uh, not character, <laughs> Wiseman kid who's very good at basketball. The whole filing a restraining order against the NCAA is a beautiful thing. I think every college student should do it. Hey, stop tracking me. Get off my ass. You're like an ex-girlfriend. You're always in the way. I get a handshake at a bar. You guys are on my ass. I get a free t-shirt. You guys are on my ass. I get a hug from a guy who's got a lot of money. You guys are on my ass. So the Memphis team filing a restraining order to delay this entire thing a year 
to get this kid to play, and then he's going to be gone anyways. I mean, it's going to hurt the Memphis Tiger basketball team in the future, but if you can win right now, you can deal with that all, I guess. The NCAA does not forget, by the way. That ex-girlfriend that you file a restraining order, that ex-boyfriend you file a restraining order against, when that restraining order is up, they're still pissed. And that's what's <laughs> going to happen with this NCAA thing. Yeah. If they feel like they've been disrespected by the Memphis Tiger basketball team or the Memphis Tigers at all, they're going to get... Hey, the NCAA might get got for a little bit here. They're going to get theirs, though. And the uh, <laughs> Memphis Tiger basketball team knows that. they got to win this year because I feel like whenever this restraining order gets backed off and trial and whatever happens afterwards, the investigation, they're going to bring the hammer down on Memphis if they see anything. And once again, this is all coming from a standpoint that I don't like the way the NCAA operates. Mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that Penny Hardaway couldn't help this kid and his family out to get him into a good school and a good situation to end up in a Division One school, which is a much different situation than his life probably would have went on if he didn't do that. I don't like the fact that the NCAA doesn't allow kids from very tough neighborhoods, very tough economic backgrounds to benefit at all off of themselves when everybody else seems to be benefiting. I don't like any of this. We're just telling you how it is with the NCAA. The NCAA plays no games. They're the most gangster gangsters out there. They don't give a single damn. They have their hands in a cookie jar. They know it. Everybody else knows it. And they don't give a damn about it. And if anybody wants to come in there and get that cookie, good luck. Because they got a a team of lawyers ready to just take down your entire university. Apparently the issue stems too from like, you know, the the high school he was at when he brought the kid over. Like it's it's not from that. It's because a a long time ago he donated a million dollars to Memphis's Athletic Hall of Fame. So he's considered a booster, even though that was way before he was the head coach or they knew he was going to be the head coach. They're stupid. The NCAA, Greeny asked this question on Get Up, and I thought it was a very good question. He said, NCAA, when you lay your head down at night, what do you feel like you've accomplished? Like with this Chase Young situation, the best player in football, people are saying, he flew his girlfriend out to the Rose Bowl. That's what he's saying. Now, granted, they'll investigate and probably be something a little bit more than that. Who knows? I mean, Chase Young, there's no reason for Chase Young to lie to us. I've never talked to him. He has never lied to me before. We should take it for his word. But let's even say it's a little bit more than that. And I've always asked this question throughout the years. It's like, what do the people who say, players shouldn't get anything, they already get a scholarship. Like, what do you, what do you, how do you sleep? Like, what does that make you feel? Like, how does that make you feel like you've Why? won? Like, the NCAA, like, how does that make you feel good that you're suspending a guy a couple games in a season that is going to set him up for the rest of his life? Like, what, what does that make you, how does that make you feel good about yourself? Like, how are you, now granted, there's defense attorneys for, like, the most, terrible human beings on earth there's people that have zero spines there's people that have zero consciousness and everything like that i would assume the ncaa just falls into that world but it's still like what are you doing like how are you helping student athletes at this point instead of hurting student athletes sorry for interrupting this incredible conversation about something that is surely fantastic but i have to let you know that this is supposed to be an ad for advanced auto parts but they're not selling anything They're offering to test your car battery for free, which is good, because winners on the way in car batteries despise the winter. They get cold and lazy and have trouble starting. So think ahead. Swing by Advanced Auto Parts to test your battery for free. They'll even install a new one if you need it. Advanced Auto Parts. Think ahead. Think advance. They'll just test your fucking battery to see if it's a dud or not. If you're like me, And yeah, you can get by, you can change a tire if you have to. You could do the oil if you had to. I mean, you're not an expert, but you can figure it out. Now's the time to think ahead and be a smart human. Go get your battery tested for free before the winter comes in and tries to wreak havoc on all of our shit. They'll test it. If you need a new one, they'll install it for you. 
win, 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 advance auto parts. Not only did they save Zito's car by getting him a new battery in under three minutes, they're giving away free battery tests. Good people at advance auto parts. Don't be a dummy or a stooge and ties in a room like four four rooms down or sell lot. Go test your car battery. Stay warm, miss incredibly cold winter that we're about to have. It's cold as balls out here. We are being joined now by the all-time leader in rushing for the Florida State Seminoles. Second round draft pick of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll ask him who Lizzo was dating on the team and also about his immaculate start to the 2019 NFL season thus far. Running back for the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook. I appreciate it. How are you, man? Do you know who Lizzo was dating in your locker room? Nah, I try to stay out of everybody's business. <laughs> <laughs> I could respect that a lot. We appreciate you joining us here before your team meeting. You have started off this season in a manner that has just been so destructive to defenses. What has been the change going into this year that has made you such a weapon? I mean, granted, we saw glimpses in the past, but now it just feels like week in, week out, you're dominating everybody. What has been the change? Oh, you're just saying a group of guys just buying in and it dates back to OTAs and the mini camp and you know, we brought in Coach Kubiak, Coach Rico and all those guys to, to get this thing going and we brought it in from day one and you know, you're seeing the outcome of it, you know, each week. That offensive line Dan Orlovsky did this entire breakdown on get up about the amount of bodies that they get on the ground that kind of make you like, spurt you through the first level. What is that offensive line doing to help out in in all aspects for the Vikings? That's the moving crew, man. <laughs> they moving they moving guys and, and getting us up to second level and getting us to the linebackers and giving us chances to make plays. And you know, whether me, Alex, Amir, all those guys will come in, you still see in the same running lanes no matter you know who's in the backfield toting the ball. So they've been doing a great job. Kyle's been Kyle's been blocking out there, Irv Smith know, Conklin, all those guys been blocking and, and giving us a chance to, to make some big plays. Your offense, you were doing incredible early. You've been doing great this entire season. Then there was that situation, and that's only I'm probably not describing it accurately. Thielen comes out, then the Kirk Cousins show, then Stephon Diggs misses a practice. Then after that, it seems like this Vikings offense has been unstoppable. Now, granted, you guys had a slip up a week ago, but it's been unstoppable. What happened that week that kind of brought everybody back together, back centered, back focused on the mission at hand? Nothing really, you know, after all the, you know, where everything was going on. You know, you've seen guys just came back to work, and, you know, you would have seen us that week in practice. We was flying around and, you know, wanting to get better, you know, you know accepting the coaching and, just, just trying to figure out, you know, what can we, what can we get better at, and how can we, you know, get better in certain situations. And I think, you know, that week right there of practice, you know, kind of just, you know, told the character of our team. Was there a players-only meeting or anything like that, or did you guys just kind of get it together in the locker room? No, we did. It was just locker room talks. You know, you know, in the locker room, how it goes. You know, you have your talks, and you know, guys just reaching out and said, we just, we just got to dig deep and know who he is, and and know the work we put in, and I think guys understand what's going on. Okay, that's awesome. You're leading the NFL in rushing right now, I think, by five yards over Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's name has been mentioned on everybody's MVP list. You're not getting talked about at all, very, by, by those in those circles. Does that matter to you? Do, do you even care about that? No, I'm, I just, I just want 
I just like winning, and that's, <laughs> that's, just, that's just part of me. And, you know, that, the ultimate goal is to hold that trophy up at the end of the day. And, you know, I think, you know, you keep going out there and you keep performing and, and keep putting our team in a position to win football games. You know, everything happens. Uh, speaking of winning football games, <laughs> hey, uh, hope you're all right there. You need some water or anything? I got you, Delvin. Uh, I got your back. The um, Speaking of winning games, Kirk Cousins. It was talked about by everybody. Primetime games, primetime Kirk Cousins doesn't show up. Then you guys, on the grandest stage of them all, Jerry World, on Sunday night football, get a massive team victory. All phases were cl- uh, clicking there for Kirk Cousins. It's, describe Kirk Cousins as a human and as your quarterback. No, unbelievable off the field. You know, once, once you want to know the, the little things, you go ask Kirk. Smart player. You know, he's a veteran in the league. And, you know, once he's dialed in, he's dialed in. And you've seen that Sunday night. That's my quarterback, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you take it upon yourself, a lot of responsibility in the run game, that if you have a good run game, that normally that helps out the quarterback and helps out everybody else on the team immensely? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of understand, you know, staying ahead of the sticks, and that's my mindset, you know, keeping us ahead of the sticks, and you know, giving us opportunities to get first downs and keep this thing going, because we got guys that can, that can make plays, and you know, that can do a lot of special things. But in the running game, it's about keeping us ahead of the sticks and giving us a chance to convert on third downs. How hands-on is Gary Kubiak over there? Very hands-on. Um, He's a man when he when he talks, you wants to hear what he got to say, and he's a man of few words. So once he do talks, you want to know what's going on. Okay, well, hey, I want to let you know. Uh, go ahead, Dix. Hey, do you have any thoughts on Dion wanting the head coaching job at FSU? Oh, there we go. I'm campaigning for him too. <laughs> hey, what now? FSU back in the day, we all remember. Used to be, I mean, it was everything. Mm-hmm. FSU, whenever the Seminoles were on TV, we knew that the chant was going to happen. We knew yeah. that it was going to be an exciting atmosphere. That's kind of fallen off. Do you think it's going to take Dion to get FSU back into that world? I think it's going to take a guy that that know the tradition, know the culture of Florida State. I think that's why Jimbo was such a good fit for what Florida State, you know, had going because he kind of, you know knew what the tradition was and knew the culture of how to get things done at Florida State. And I think, you know, Dion understands the same thing. So you got you to get the guy that just know the culture of Florida State and that's going to get the talent there. I think that's what we lack in that. We, we got to get the talent level back up at Florida State. Man, it would be awesome if Florida State was good again. Mm. I remember watching you in college, so mesmerized by the things that you could do with a football. In the NFL, you've been able to do the same damn thing. That has to feel pretty good. That has to feel very good. I'm being serious when I say that. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. I talked to Frank Gore, and he said whenever he was at the U, he was watching all the old heads that came out of the U go dominate in the NFL. And he was like, man, I just can't wait to get there to do my thing. Did you have that same mindset when you were at Florida State? Like, yep. couldn't wait to show off? Frank's my guy, too. I actually lean on Frank for a lot of advice, you know, just for the little things because Frank's been doing it for so long. But, you know, being from Miami and seeing guys come out of, come out of Miami and have the, have the blueprint to do it, you know, that's all you need to see is somebody get it done. And I seen Frank, Devontae, all those guys come out and, They'll be successful in the NFL. You know, just, just matching the hard work with talent. And that's what I try to do on a daily basis.
Well, it's working out, man. Keep going. <laughs> You're exciting to watch. We can't thank you enough for taking time today. Ladies and gentlemen, all pro, all-time leading rusher of Florida State, should be in the MVP conversation running back for the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings, Calvin <laughs> Cook. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Cheers, dude. Good guy. Great guy. Good guy. Like, literally has a meeting in four minutes. <laughs> Joining us now via FaceTime from the City of Angels, Los Angeles. A uh, guy who's been an all-pro. He's been a national champion. A stalwart on the offensive line for the Los Angeles Rams. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Whitworth. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Hey, how are you doing, man? We're coming to you live from a box truck in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's freezing cold. How's Los Angeles? <laughs> it looks amazing in there. Uh, you know what? It's beautiful. It's nice and sunny. Uh, unfortunately, there's no uh, rain in any terror in the forecast, but uh, you know what? We're nice and dry out here. Well, uh, nice and dry. I think you have to be feeling good. Your LSU Tigers are now sitting atop the college football uh, mountain with the new rankings. How do you feel about that offense, Joe Burrow, and everything that's happening with Coach O and the Tigers? Man, it's a lot of fun to watch. I tell you what, it's exciting to watch those guys, just the passion and energy that Coach O brings. And, uh, I mean, what a great story. A guy from southern Louisiana, the head football coach of the LSU Tigers. Uh, it's, I think it's got to be fun for anyone that just enjoys sports, enjoys football, just the passion that guy brings. Hey, I love it. Broke down the team in the middle of the field. The players went over in front of the recruits, told them, hey, you want to win, come down to LSU. And then obviously the live stream in the locker room afterwards, swag is coming all the way back to Louisiana State. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, he had some, he had some uh, you know, really powerful words there, and I think uh, it resonates with guys that want to play ball and want to win. I agree. Okay, now I have to talk to you about the Los Angeles Rams, obviously. Your uh, face of that team last year, so damn good. Took the world by storm. Brand new offense. Sean McVay was a whiz kid. There was videos of him on the internet reciting plays from 10 years beforehand. The LA Rams had this team that was a steamrolling everybody all the way to the Super Bowl, which is not easy to do. You lose to the dynasty ultimately. And then this year, there's been some real stumbles. A lot of people have pointed to the fact that the offensive line has changed. Is that the biggest difference you think between last year's success on the offensive side of the ball for the Rams and this year's lack of success? It seems at times. Yeah, I think if you say just offensively, you look at the team, obviously, uh, you change, you know, not necessarily just the change, though. Yeah, you got young players playing in there, but you also lost two really vital and, and great football players. I mean, John Sullivan played in this league for a long time with the Minnesota Vikings and the short stint in the Redskins and then with us and was a heck of a football player for a long time and was a part of their big rushing uh, success when he was there. And then, you know, Roger Saffold's a guy that, even when the Rams weren't having success, I don't think there's anybody in the league that didn't always respect the way that guy played the game and how good of a football player he was. So to lose two guys that aren't just uh, losing pieces but also great football players, there's going to be a, a growing period and a time when, you know what, you're going to need things around you to be better, and we haven't had that. You know, as a team, uh, we haven't been, you know, as, as good as we were last year in all phases, not just offensively. And so that really puts that emphasis on the line to have to be that much better. Yeah, the game is won in the trenches. Uh, it doesn't get talked about enough. You guys never really get enough credit as you should. Offense, defensive line, that's how you win games in the NFL, especially late. Now you're getting into the later part of the season here. Everybody's ruling out the Rams. But every time Sean McVay speaks into a microphone, he's very positive. He's like, hey, we can turn this around. We just got to get better from it. What has been the mindset in that locker room? for the Los Angeles Rams? 
Well, I think really just continuing to realize that everything in this league is about a daily process and every single day finding a way to get yourself better and, and really that no one in this league feels sorry for you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. The next team's coming in to earn what they need, and everybody's trying to put food on the table for their program and their team. And so, uh, you know what, uh, this week it's it's going to be another great challenge. We're going to have uh, myself and four four new guys playing uh, all over the place. So, we'll, you know what, it's, uh, it's a heck of a challenge, but, man, if you love this game, you love everything this game's about, uh, the next guy's opportunity. And, and so, you know what, we're going to have that this week and, and look forward to seeing the challenge these guys are going to face. Now, you've been on some bad teams when you're in Cincinnati. You've been on an incredible team out there with the Rams. Uh, whenever you have four new faces to work with in a unit that has to be cohesive, is there, are you, like, taking these guys out to dinner? Is there a lot of hangout time during the day? Like, how do you build a camaraderie with a group of humans that are just been changing, ever-changing every single week? Well, you know, I, I, I need one of those barbecue camaraderie. Uh, I'm not sure what the exact <laughs> team, word was. Team, but, uh, camaraderie, team camaraderie building barbecue. It's not a party. <laughs> there we go. That's that's what I need. But, no, yeah, we do a lot of that and, and just trying to build. I mean, you look in our room. I mean, besides myself and, and really Rob Havenstab and Austin Blythe, who've, who've both probably started around 20 to 40, 50 games. I mean, the rest of our rooms, one year, two year guys that haven't really played ever. And so it's. Uh, it's 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 not just learning the game and and but it's getting their feet wet and realizing what NFL football is about and getting out there and feeling the pressure and everything. So it's uh it's a lot of learning curve, but it's fun because these guys are passionate, they have energy, and they all just are excited for their op and their opportunity to get out there and prove they can play in this league. I know you have to get to work here soon, and we're very thankful for your time here on this beautiful Wednesday, November thirteenth. Uh, Todd Gurley has been quite a topic of conversation by everybody. Nobody really knows what's going on outside of that locker room, outside of that building. Todd Gurley was a very big difference maker for you guys. You, I would assume you can understand why people are like, well, it feels like Todd Gurley was a big part of that successful offense this year or last year, not so much this year. Is there anything other than the Todd Gurley situation that people outside that locker room should know about? No, I mean, I really just honestly through it all, I, I, I've been just continued to be impressed and, and earn such a respect for Todd because regardless of how it's gone or, or the carries, the touches, whatever it is every week that the narrative is, the guy doesn't change. He comes every single week. He works his butt off. He has a great attitude. Uh, he's continually one of those guys in the huddle that's encouraging guys, inspiring guys. Uh, he's never once made it about himself. He's never complained when the line doesn't give him a great hole or – you know what it's a bad carry and and those kind of things he just does his job and and does it in a way that guys can look up and respect and so really through it all i think it's one of those things that yeah i think we all want todd to get loose i think he had a pretty good game last week in pittsburgh and you know what uh hoping to see more of that but you know what the reality is how he's handled it and how he's done it you know you can respect that from afar yeah everybody said that they're they've been kind of holding off on todd Gurley's workload until later in the season do you expect us to see a lot more todd Gurley, especially after he did well against the steelers last week well, I think just really the physicality he showed last week to run with in that game. I mean, that to me in the NFL in the 14 years I've been in it, it's uh, that you always see that in the month of November and December. It's that physicality, those runners that want to run and, and want to hit people and make people make business decisions. And, and the reality is, Todd ran like that last week, and if he can continue to do that. We got an opportunity to get ourselves going in the right direction. I should have made a couple business decisions in my career. Instead, ended up on my ass a few times, so I can understand that. You have been doing a lot of television. You've been in the game for a long time. You're very good at speaking. You're attractive. Your resume is good. Is television something that's in the near future for Andrew Whitworth? 
You know, I've been that's been asked a lot over the last two years, really, to me. And and uh, you know, the more I've looked into it and seen it and watched it, uh, I think it's interesting. I mean, uh, I definitely am interested in it. Um, I'm not the type that would ever declare myself good at something. So uh, <laughs> until I get a chance to get my feet wet and actually work at it, so. You know what? Uh, yeah, I'm interested in it for sure, and we'll see what happens down the road. But uh, you know what? I love the game. I love being around it. I love the opportunity to watch guys like yourself still be involved in the games that played it and really have the knowledge to give fans that opportunity to understand the game more. And so, uh, you know what? We'll see what happens down the road. Well, I think you should declare yourself a damn good left tackle because you're that. Also a good leader. I got a chance to meet you at that uh, uh, Bellator fight. You're a good dude, great dude. The Rams are lucky to have you, and uh, so are we. Thank you so much. I know you got to get to work. Cheers. Good luck to you guys, and uh, I hope we can see a lot of talk girly going forward. Sounds like a plan. I appreciate it, Pat. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew Whitworth. What a stunt. Okay, so Andrew Whitworth is a player on the Rams, mm-hmm. so he does not know the medical conditions of other people, right? I was going to press him on the Todd Gurley thing where it's like, hey, everybody's saying he's hurt. Is he hurt or not hurt? Players, A, if you put somebody in that situation, they'll never talk to you again. <laughs> B, he probably doesn't really know. That is something that the players don't know about. <gasps> For, oh, jeez. you swallow a bug? <laughs> I think I did. Almost just died right there. Oh, my God. I think my tongue. I think it swallowed my tongue. That ciabatta coming back up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, geez, I'm so sorry you had to hear that over your radio. I couldn't even fathom what that sounded like. <laughs> um, but players don't know. Andrew Luck, that entire year where he was only practicing like one day a week and he was only throwing a certain amount of reps, and we had no idea what was happening. A good story about this type of situation is in training camp, the like third day, Luck hadn't practiced the first two days, and he threw like the third day. And these balls were looking like these lollipop balls. I mean, it was just like, it was, it was, it, the balls were just. There's no way those are NFL footballs that are being thrown. And this was in a drill where it wasn't like a warm up period. Vinatieri and I were sitting next to each other, looking at this, and we're like, uh, it, "What's going on with? Uh, why does he look like he can't throw a ball ten yards right now?" <laughs> so we walk over to a scout, you know, and normally the front office people know more than us. I'm like, uh, Andrew Luck's back, right? And they're like, yeah, good to see him or whatever. I was like, is it? Uh, <laughs> have we seen the passes? He's, just, he's like, yeah, it looks like he's kind of just like loosening up a little bit. I'm like, well, we're in period 10 right now. I, I think we're, we're already past the point of being loose. They're like, oh, yeah, he's probably just figuring it out, you know? Nobody tells anybody anything because they don't want anything to ever get leaked, right? So the Andrew Luck stuff, we had no idea. Peyton Manning called me down to the training room uh, one training camp. I hadn't seen him in a couple, probably like a month or two. Aaron Burrell, the head uh, physical therapist, was down there as well. I hadn't seen him in like a month. And they wanted to catch up with my offseason. I think I went to Africa during that break. I think something. They wanted to hear the story or whatever. And I walked down in there, and Peyton's just got like a bunch of wires basically coming off of his neck. And I, I came skipping in the room, you know, like, hey, how's it going? I got a good story to tell. Here we go. I rode a camel. How's it going? Just big, slow, slow horse. It's, uh, <laughs> I was like excited. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to have a good time. And I turn the corner and I see it and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What the hell's going on here? And they didn't tell me. But I did know that at that moment, I was going to be punting a lot more than oh. I had thought. Probably shouldn't have vacationed in Africa. Probably should have trained a little <laughs> bit harder. When you have Peyton as a quarterback, you're like, ah, probably not going to punt that much this year. I walked in there and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, I don't want to know what's going on, but I know that does not look great. Turns out he was out the rest of the year. Signed Kerry Collins out of retirement. Guy was hunting in a tree, signed him back, and I'm like, <sighs> I had no idea going into the season. I wish they would have given me a little heads up, maybe. You know, especially in a position where 
the, your workload literally depends upon how the quarterback does. Yeah. Probably would have ran a couple more laps. Maybe would have hit a treadmill once. Would have done any of that stuff. But that's the type of thing. Players are kept in the dark just as much as everybody else. Media members know more about people's health situations than players usually. Because we have friends. We have this. We have that. And, I mean, I guess that's a good excuse. But for me, if we're all in, if we're all in, I'd like to know why Andrew Luck is throwing lollipop five-yard passes here on the third day of training camp. I mean, if I was kicking the ball terrible, I'm assuming other people would be like, hey, why is Pat kicking the ball six yards right now? Uh, should we talk to him about that camel ride he went on in the offseason? <laughs> it's just an interesting thing. So that's why I didn't ask Andrew Whitworth directly about Todd Gurley's health situation because I'm assuming he doesn't know exactly. He probably knows just as much as us. All he knows about is his work ethic, wanting the ball, and things like that. He, it sounded like he said Todd Gurley's going to be a workhorse going forward. Which, if you go back to the early days of what McVay was saying this season, he was like, we're going to taper Todd Gurley's touches until later in the season. Got the ball a lot against the Steelers. Now is he going to get going? You know what? They might be saving him for nothing, though, because if you're playing with four new offensive linemen, that is going to be a challenge. That's going to be tough. Also, just this that shows the disadvantages of doing that. Like they're basically out of playoff contention now, so they they saved him for nothing essentially. Yeah, well, they'll probably still beat the Bears, but then. Oh come on! Okay, speaking of the Bears, Colin Kaepernick this Saturday doing a workout that the NFL has put together. The NFL has informed Colin Kaepernick's people of a workout happening this Saturday. When they informed Colin Kaepernick's people about the workout happening Saturday, no NFL teams had known about it yet. So someone in the NFL office got some calls from a couple different people, obviously, which doesn't sound good for the NFL, by the way, if teams are looking to sign a free agent potentially and they're calling the NFL office. So that makes me ask a question like, does that happen when they sign everybody? Do they have to call the office to see if you're allowed to do that or not? Or maybe the NFL office is just like, hey, it's time for us to make this right. I mean, there's two different particular ways you can look at this. Anyways, the NFL calls Colin Kaepernick and says, hey, this Saturday in Atlanta, you have a workout. Some people on the Internet are like, well, Colin Kaepernick's been trying to set up workouts with teams and wanting to do this for three years. How come it's on the NFL's time? Ah, because there's 32 billionaires. That's just, what the way, that's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. We talked about this before. Sometimes you don't like the way things are. Like with the NCAA, we don't like the way the NCAA runs, right? Nobody does. I think that's something that's universally agreed upon, except for a couple old people that scream in the front yard about players getting paid for something, mm -hmm. right? Everybody kind of universally agrees with that. With the NFL, you just have to agree that it's their world. This is their business. This is 32 billionaires, and you're living in their sandbox. You might hate the rules of the sandbox, but you're currently in that sandbox. And if you want to get into that business, you have to deal with these 32 billionaires, Roger Goodell. That's just the way it goes. I mean, it's not fun to hear that. It's not nice to hear that. You would wish everybody would do the right thing all the time. That's just not the way it works. That's not the way the world works. We're on the side of a road in the Hill District of Pen uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania <laughs> right now. <laughs> Like this is just the way things go. Not 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 always are are fairy tales and fantasies and in tune with reality, right? The NFL for the last three years has obviously said we don't want Colin Kaepernick in our league. The NFL for the last three years has obviously tried to put a band-aid on the situation by creating this players' coalition and donating money and doing all this. They're trying their best to make it right. But Colin Kaepernick has always been the one where everybody goes, Yeah, but you won't let Colin back in the league. Yeah, you won't let Colin back in the league. There's a lot of people that are very negative about this. In my eyes, it's like, hey, at least 32 billionaires who normally, whenever they make their mind up about something, have a tough time changing it or extending a little bit of an olive branch to Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick 
generated a conversation and started something that was very vital to our country, by the way. Our country needed it. Was it uncomfortable? Did it cost some people some money in the NFL with ratings and such? Yes. But that's what a protest normally does. So now that a little bit of an olive branch is being extended, although it's not a perfect olive branch, although it's not exactly what people want, I think we should take it for what it is and be excited for a chance for Kaepernick to dominate in front of whoever's going to be there. Now, is this just the NFL doing this just to put the Band-Aid on again, like just a little bit of a band like, hey, we, we made an offer. We, now, granted, it was only a couple days in advance, so we didn't get to tell him that he should be training to get into game shape. Yes, it's in a, you know, on a date that we didn't tell him in advance, so he couldn't schedule any business things that he probably had going because that was his life when he wasn't playing in the NFL. Yes, it was not ideal conditions for Colin Kaepernick, but it was an offer from the NFL. So you have to appreciate that just a little bit. You have to. You have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could blackball him for the rest of his life if they wanted to. It's their, it's th- that's their, it's their sandbox. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's what people have to understand. Like the NFL, we, because with so many fans, it's the best league in the world, and the game is awesome and all this stuff, you just expect everything to be perfect all the time. But you've got to remember, these are humans making decisions. And when humans make decisions, there's egos involved, there's, uh, uh, there's personalities, there's allegiances, alliances, and there's things like that that happen. So the fact that they're even offering something, I think we should be happy for Colin Kaepernick at this situation now we are going to find out very quickly what Colin Kaepernick it is you look at his last couple games as a quarterback he did not do great but there are glimpses of greatness before that now that Greg Roman is having success with Lamar Jackson Greg Roman was his offensive coordinator the rest of the league could potentially be seeing this and say hey is it time for a Colin Kaepernick now should we get a couple more tight ends bring in some big bodies get one explosive player and become Baltimore Ravens offense 2.0 I would assume that is what happened and why this workout is taking place. But we're going to find out if Colin Kaepernick still got it or not. Colin Kaepernick said he's been training for three years for this moment. I'm excited to see it. Will we ever see any tape of this workout? I'm assuming not. Probably not. The timing is incredibly convenient. I mean, you mentioned it with the success Romans had and Lamar Jackson and everyone looking at, oh, could we find the next Lamar Jackson? You said there is no next Lamar Jackson, at least not yet. Kaepernick's probably the closest We don't thing. know. By the way, nobody knows how Colin Kaepernick's going to do. Yeah, no. he might stink now. He might stink. By the way, his last couple games as quarterback, he was not great. Mm-mm. But maybe he wasn't being utilized in a proper fashion. Maybe he was just having an off year, which happens to people. Maybe all these things. We get to learn a lot now for this workout. And don't put it past the GM or a coach, who I don't think are going to be at this workout, by the way, on Saturday. There's no games way. on Sunday. And there might be a couple of bi-week coaches and GMs there. There might be something like that to come check it out, just to kind of poke around, see what's going on. But don't put it past the coach being like, can we not sign him and make our team immediately better? Chicago Bears. Come on. <laughs> can we not sign him and get immediately better? Detroit Lions. Ooh. I just don't think a broken back heals itself. I just don't think if you can't play because of a broken back, seven days later, your back's going to be like, yep, we're good now, let's play. I just don't think that's how it works, which showcases how incredibly tough Matt Stafford is. True. He was putting up numbers that were godly with a broken freaking back. But did that thing just heal in seven days to go from not being able to play to play? I just don't know. You got a guy, though, on Saturday you could sign as a free agent. I'm not sure how much money it's going to take. But get him in there, Matt Patricia. 
Jeff Driscoll almost took, almost took down the Bears with no practice at all. It wasn't close to taking down the Bears. It had a quarterback. It wasn't even close to taking we down the Bears. We ride with Jeff Driscoll against the Cowboys with a week of practice. We beat the Cowboys. See you later, Jason Garrett. Well, you're not going to sign Colin Kaepernick on Saturday oh, yeah. to play Sunday, so that made no sense. <laughs> Riveting. I interrupt you once again. Voice is starting to come back now. Saturday, 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 Saturday. Elton John puts on a show, man. He puts on a show. You know, we're on the road right now. We're staying in a hotel. It kind of looks like a jail cell, you know? Hasn't been updated since about eh, 1947 or so. It's not bad. It's spacious. We got some room. I got a couch out here. Foxy obviously got the penthouse suite, but I got a nice little spread as well. But every time I lay down to go to bed in these cities and these new hotels, the only thing I miss is my Lisa mattress. I became a Lisa mattress guy about a year and a half ago. It has changed everything. Because not only is it incredibly convenient how it just shows up right at your fucking doorstep. You don't have to go to one of the mattress stores where you're going to get sold by the car salesman guy who's greasy selling beds where you're rolling around trying to see if it's comfortable but is it comfortable just because you want it to be comfortable and you want it to be over with so you're not laying in other people's sweat and shit or is it actually comfortable you don't know well you you don't know if a bed's actually comfortable until you lay on it well i would argue laying on a bed in public that has been already laid on by at least 40 other people on the same day is not a right time to figure out if a bed's actually healthy or not anyways. So why don't you just trust the people at Lisa that they've done all the research to find the most comfortable bed possible. And they'll deliver that song, bitch, right to your doorstep. It's in a box, which is kind of weird. You're like, I don't want to get my mattress in a box. What's actually kind of fun, you open the box up, you cut the air seal, and boom, your bed, your mattress comes to life. Takes about three minutes to install. It's perfect. It's comfortable. It's Lisa. And right now there's 15% off the entire site. The Veterans Day sale is still going on. Although Veterans Day was only one day, they want to celebrate it for the entire week. Go to lisa.com forward slash McAfee. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash M-C-A-F-E-E. 15% off the entire site. The Veterans Day sale is still happening. Sleep comfortable tonight. And have that some bitch just arrive at your door. It's perfect. Lisa.com forward slash McAfee. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash M-C-A-F-E-E. It was 15 degrees in this box truck at the beginning of the show. Tim McAfee has gone to work. It is now 75 in here. Feels good. It's roasty toasty now. <laughs> It's balmy and Elton John concerts happening in Pittsburgh. We're gonna try to get tickets to. I think they're only like seven, eight grand a pop. Yeah, not bad. And what's even better is he will for sure cancel about two hours ahead of the show. So <laughs> don't get him if you haven't already. Why do you say that, Ty? <laughs> well, because he personally did that to me about a month ago. <laughs> two times. Oh, Elton's feeling a little bit under the weather. Sorry, uh, no refunds either. He he'll be back in in March. <laughs> No, we won't. Maybe. Now, if that means anything, we did that to the second half of our tour, which we will still do. <laughs> Iowa, Detroit, Minnesota. That will still happen. We'll be the first three stops whenever we go back on tour. Everyone knows that. We had actual things that popped up. Yeah. Good. Big time. By the way, if I'm out in John, I've seen Rocket Man. Rocket Man. I watched that movie, Rocket Man. I think I'm like one of a few hundred to have. Mm-hmm. Me too. You watch it too, Z? Oh, yeah. Sad life for that guy. Very sad. Great at the piano, though. He can really twiddle the fingers there. Oh, yeah? 
But boy, it seems like every personal relationship in his in his life has gone awry. So if he doesn't want to perform in Indianapolis and you don't get a single refund, I mean, respect the guy's hustle to get to the top of the mountain where he was. Oh, yeah. Ain't that right, Z? Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. I still do. I mean, he, he walked outside of his house one time and his boyfriend slash manager mm-hmm. getting sucked off by the pool boy. <laughs> Saw it oh on the rocket, man. Can't, can't make oh that up. No. That happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw it, too. Can you say that? What I just said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> the pool boy. It's every relationship in his life. The rocket man was a sad movie. Yeah, a lot of flash pops, too. Yes. I became a... Yeah, they just started singing. I don't know where. I don't know where they came from. I became a bigger fan of Elton John after watching Rocket. Oh, yeah. Just because he's been through some stuff. You always expect these people with all the money in the world to have these like perfect lives. And then you got to remember, yes, money gives you freedom. Yes, money gives you the ability to do things that nobody else can. But it also, it doesn't make you just disappear from actual human problems with emotions and things like that and relationships and backstabbing and blah, blah, blah. feels like that was a lot of Elton John's life. I hope we get a chance to see him tonight for, I don't know, 20, 30 grand. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. And like you said, you know, all the money in the world doesn't stop uh, your lover from sucking off the pool boy. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you double down on that? Why did you double down on that? I just wanted that? to see if we can get away with it. <laughs> all right. If we haven't been kicked off the air just yet. I mean, think about that, how sad that is, though. He's paying both that yep. and the, the pool. Yeah. Uh, paying them both and wham, backstab. That was one of many of his entire life. It was a front stab. This pool vacuum ain't the only thing sucking out here. You're a terrible guy. <laughs> oh, why would you do that? All right, let's get to the segment about sports. No, actually, it's not. Uh, a segment that we've started here in the last couple of days. People seem to really love it. I know I do. If you don't enjoy it, this one's strictly for me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Zito Facts. All right, uh, I have two facts for you, Pat. I'm going to tell you what they're about, and you go ahead and choose it. I have uh, one about fish or dogs and ants. Well, I think I just saw the one about the fish that you put up a little bit earlier. It was oh, about goldfish. Yeah, that was my fault. That was my fault. Okay, so I don't want to see that one. Give me the one about dogs. Dogs and ants coming in hot to you right here. Go ahead, Evan. That's what I thought you were going to do. An ant's sense of smell is stronger than a dog's sense of smell. I forgot the last part. How, how do we know this? Is this because we watch these ants just kind of pilgrimage across these tiny little areas i i think they put them under like a microscope i didn't they, even they know ants music. could smell i thought they used their antenna to sense vibrations and whatnot yeah and i thought smell. they were like uh because snakes don't smell right snakes just kind of right feel they feel yeah. i thought ants were like that great stat there i mean no, no, granted dogs make a living off of their smell yeah uh like actual dogs make a living off of their smell you got drug dogs you got bomb dogs my dog, I deep clean my rug, and he can still smell that he pissed there and continues to do so. so I mean, Think about what an ant's doing in yeah, your living room. Exactly. When you get the ants out of the living room, they can smell the uh, places that they've marked. We'll go to the bathroom. Thank you so much for that Zito fact. Zito. Anytime. Back to you, Pat. Thank you. That's, I, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, any other notable news that we did not get to, Frank? The Houston Astros are being accused by a former oh. pitcher of stealing signs. Not just uh, with human eyes using a video camera to record and decode the signs in the dugout. Okay, so this is a massive ordeal. Yeah. I've heard in the baseball world, I was a professional baseball player one particular night for the Washington Wild Things. I started at right field. I got three at-bats. You can buy it now for $3.33. I think we're giving it away on YouTube in a matter of weeks. So I was a professional baseball player for one night, one night alone. (laughs) 
stepped into the batter's box against a guy who was drafted by the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my baseball knowledge is one that is very deep. I've played the game professionally. Correct. I believe it's a gentleman's game, a gentleman's sport, America's pastime. So whenever you get involved in a Spygate-type situation like what happened in New England, I assume stealing signs is something that's very common in baseball. All the time, yeah. It is actually a part of baseball. That's why sure. you see pitchers and catchers, and they have their conversations. We're going to change our signs. They paint their nails. Even catchers paint their nails. There's entire signs. You look at the third base coach giving signs to the batter. I mean, it's 400, 500 different things. It happened in the World Series this year uh, Steve, in Strasburg was pitching his pitching coach told him hey you got to lift your your move your glove up a little bit more because they're tipping from second base to, to what you're throwing so it's a part of the game in football looking at other people's signs is a part of the game that's just the way it is if you ever watch college football there's boards and walls to block people's signs i've gotten a chance to talk to some teams they have five to six different people giving out the signals so that they can change who it is because the other team is trying to get them it's gamesmanship it's trying to learn what the other person's doing before they do it it's just a little bit of a, an advantage but anytime you bring in a camera, that's when you lose people's respect. Because not only are you doing it in real life, utilizing your own brain, you're taking other people's brains to study it and break it down and give the whole thing. That's whenever people get upset. That's why Spygate for the New England Patriots was such a big deal. Because, yes, every other team was like, ah, let's not go after them too hard. I mean, we're trying to look for signals, too. I'm not sure everybody else was recording it. Let's assume others were. Not everybody, but I assume there were some that were. But that's why it was such a big deal, because it loses the integrity of... The game and the gamesmanship of being able to figure it out yourself and decipher it. That's a weapon if you have somebody that can decipher signals. That's an advantage for your team. But whenever you get a camera involved, that's just a little bit too much. And there's a line, I think, to this whole thing. Houston Astros, guy named Greg in the suites. He was probably running the camera if I had to guess. Yeah, nothing new. Their front office is loaded with scumbags, so this doesn't surprise me at all. Jeez, that was an aggressive thing. Well, they actually are. Yeah, it's not wrong. It's a thousand was, percent was true. Was their system GM just got fired? Yeah, I got fired, yep, for some unsavory comments. <laughs> so I'm done. By the way, Astros fans were very nice to us. They were great people, but the front office, loaded scumbags. They loaded deserve scumbags. better. Yeah, they do. Houston they do. deserves better. All right, that's the show. Can't thank you enough for downloading this. Can't thank our guests enough for joining us. I mean, good humans, good people coming in, talking some shit with us. It's very nice of them. It's very nice of you to listen to. If you enjoy what we do, feel free to tell a friend. A boots on a ground effort would be nice for the podcast to continue to grow. The boys and I are working our dicks off. We're trying to our absolute best to put out great content for people to consume and enjoy. And anytime you listen to something we do or watch something we do on our YouTube or follow us on Twitter or all the other plugs I'm probably supposed to do as a host of this show, we're very grateful for it. I hope you know that. Not a single listen, not a single download goes unnoticed, and we appreciate the fuck out of all of you. Tweet us. Tell us what's up. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you like to see. Let's make this a team show. Take the song bitch on the road. Before we get out of here, though, a recent Gallup survey shows Americans worry more about burglary than almost any other crime. More than mugging, more than terrorism, more than car theft and even murder. According to studies, just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. The rest are spur of the moment, crimes of opportunity, in other words, random. 90% of the time, they're just poking their head around the neighborhood and go, fuck it. Let's break into that one. 
You know, most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. I didn't know that. Middle of the day. Would have never expected that. And with all these insane stats about the fear in the spur of the moment, in the middle of the day, you'd think more than one in five people would have home security, but they don't. And that's because the old way of doing home security was bullshit. It was confusing. It was filled with hassle. Thought it was intrusive. It's too expensive. All these things. Well, there's one company that came in and said, nope, fuck all that. Let's make it easy. And that's what Simply Safe has done. The top choice in home security, not only for me, but for everybody who's ever tried it. Simply Safe protects your whole home, every window, room, and door with 24-7 monitoring, and it's just a fraction of the cost. Their police dispatches up to three and a half times faster because they use video verification. There's no contract, hidden fees, or fine print. It's designed to blend right into your home. No wires, no drilling. It's easy to order, easy to set up, and you can usually do it in under an hour. Simply Safe has won a ton of awards in the field, from CNET to the New York Times wire cutter. Prices are always fair and honest. Around the clock monitoring is just $15 a month. This is something that has come into my life that has been a gem. Not only does it catch awesome things that happen at the office in the house because it automatically goes on when any motion is detected, but it's because it's so easy to use. It's just an app. Just put a bunch of cameras up. Boom. You got home security for 15 bucks a month. And right now, if you visit simplysafe.com slash McAfee, you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash McAfee so they know that this show sent you. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash McAfee so they know our show sent you. Simplysafe.com slash McAfee. I, I apologize for no Zito ad reading. Um, he's already in bed. It's pretty late. Ties piecing this together post-midnight. Elton John was a good time. Uh, so I'll give you a da. Simply say, good camera, da. Shout out to Zito. Shout out to Nick. Ty, Foxy. And everybody that we get a chance to interact with and work with. You're the greatest. I want to give away $500 to our store, which will be having a pretty big sale coming up in a couple weeks. A lot of new items. Give you a nice little gift card to the store. 500 bucks, a lot of bucks. You'll be able to buy a lot of things for Christmas and holidays for people off our store. Use the hashtag, give me that, Pat. Give me that, Pat. G-I-M-M-E-D-A-T-P-A-T. 500 bucks to the store. Give me that, Pat. If you can answer this question, my hotel room is set to a temperature. What is the temperature to the 10th degree? A number, two-digit, I can tell you it's not in the hundreds, two-digit number, point something to the 10th. First person to get it right, using hashtag gimmedatpat, $500 gift card to the store. We appreciate you. Ty, play the independent music.